It's encouraging to see how quickly our dog Audie is learning to live on the property with our new chickens. Welcome to Longleaf Breeze, subsistence farmers using three simple principles, approaching but never reaching subsistence. It's got to be fun while we're doing it, and we don't make all misstatements. And now, Lee and Amanda Borden. Thanks, Adrian, and welcome to our podcast of May the 8th, 2014. This is basically a good news report about the progress we have made getting Adi to coexist with our new chickens, and uh, we're just real pleased with the way it's coming along. Yeah, we had despaired at first because we know that a Springer Spaniel has an instinct to go after birds, and um, I don't know that that instinct is no longer there. I'm sure it will always be there, but our goal has been to train him to not go and bother and bark at and harass those hens. And I think it's it's succeeding. We've come light years in the past three weeks. We've owned the chickens for three weeks and a day. And um, gosh, how well I remember my despair after that first day, just seeing this bloodthirsty zeal that Adi had to get at those chickens. You, you could tell he was ready to eat them. And when, even though we kept them protected from him, when he he just always wanted to go out there where they were and he was bark. endlessly fascinated with them and it, you know if it, if it were just fascination that would be one thing but he was um stressing them out because he barked he was stressing me out too and he uh, jumped on the fence and just barked himself hoarse and you know it could not go on like that so why don't we talk a little bit about how we've dealt with it we ended up opting to purchase an e-collar uh, and this is actually the second one we have tried. The first we ordered was a PetSafe Yard and Park remote dog trainer. It cost $112, which seemed like a pretty pricey item to me. It was simple and straightforward. I could understand the directions well. Uh, the difficulty we had with the PetSafe is that I couldn't depend on it. Uh, I would press that button to give Adi a message, and he wouldn't get the message. And I just, I really was not making much progress at all. Because you said sometimes it worked and sometimes it didn't work. So inconsistent conditioning uh, s clearly sends a mixed message to the animal. It's pretty, Yeah, you know, and you're a behaviorist. Not... You know that inconsistent well, conditioning by itself is probably a great way to reinforce a message, but I need to be able to decide <laughs> what I want exactly. to get the message. Yes, and, and I, I would say I believe in uh, behavior modification. I'm not necessarily theoretically a behaviorist. Sorry, I didn't mean to right. make that leap. Yes, but you are knowledgeable about behavior modification, and you accept its tenets for purposes of training Adi. Yes, and, and I, as I remarked when we first started down this road, that creatures with a lot less intelligence than Adi have been successfully uh, conditioned. I mean, rats and mice, and you know, I don't need to tell anybody that. So um, there's no reason to think it won't work with our very smart dog. So we gave up and returned the PetSafe uh, remote dog trainer. Thank you, Amazon Prime. That really made it so much easier to do that. And we ended up purchasing another one, uh, more expensive. It's called Dogtra, D-O-G-T-R-A, Platinum. 
and it cost $210, so roughly $100 more than the first one. We read a lot of reviews, though, before ordering that second one, and um, it was pretty clear that you get what you pay for. And what swayed me in favor of the Dogtra is seeing all of the people who said, I got this because my the person who was teaching me to train my dog recommended it. Yes. And uh, there is one disadvantage of the Dogtra. I guess it's a disadvantage. Unlike the Pet Safe, it does not have any positive tone. Um, the other, the Pet Safe had a little positive tone that they were real high on. Well, we decided it was positive. I mean, who knows whether it's positive well, to Well, that's true. I could have um, made it a negative tone, but I, I used it the way that PetSafe encouraged me to do it, and it seemed to be doing some positive things. And the Dogtra does not have that, so basically all the Dogtra gives Adi is bad news. <laughs> yes. He doesn't get anything good from it. But we've been very careful to let him wear the collar for long periods of time, and I don't think he associates the collar with the shock, I think. No, or with us. He just, I mean, it's just part of the way life is now, you yeah. know, so. And the nice thing about the doctor is that it's like, sort of like an iPhone. Everything just works. It, it does mm -hmm. what it's supposed to do when it's supposed to do it. I got uh, a full 127 levels of energy that I can deliver. Uh, we've settled on 39 for Adi, and that seems to do the trick. It's um, powerful enough that he gets the message immediately, but it does not cause him intense pain. You, he reacts. You, you can Which tell is what he's you feeling want. it. Right. But it's not... Um, making his life miserable he's a happy dog no i mean he doesn't yelp or anything doesn't doesn't seem to be reacting as if it's painful it's like oh that got my attention i'm not going to do that and i'm assuming very similar to the way an electric fence works which we had with our previous dog which is to keep him from going out in the street true um you just realize i don't want to go there yeah unlike the pet safe the battery on the dog tra charges pretty quickly and has stayed charged for several days it's probably about time for me to charge it, but um, it's not showing amber or anything yet. It still seems to be just fine. We did have one occasion. I took him to the church, and I had the one misfire where I was trying to nick him, and, I, and he wasn't getting the message. You might clarify why being at the church, would you'd be worried about it because there are no chickens there. But No you, chickens, but there is a street. A very busy at the church. highway, actually, right so, in front of it. And yeah. he was out running close to the street, and that worried me, so I was trying to get him to come, and when he didn't come, I tried nicking him, and when, it, and when I nicked him, it did not. Um, that, there was no sign that he was getting the message. But you, of course, luckily kept him from getting in the street, and that's another, uh, from what I understand, that's also a... a very popular uh, behavioral goal that a lot of people use these collars for is to keep their dog from going out in the street or right. have come when they call, that kind of thing. And the problem was easily solved. What had happened is that the collar had gotten kind of mixed up with his fur and I just needed to rotate it a little bit on his neck and he was, and it was fine. The next time I needed to nick him, he got the message. And you're able to let him wear this one longer than he was able to wear that other one, right? It seems to be, he doesn't seem to be in discomfort simply wearing the collar. 
true. I don't have any sense that he was uncomfortable wearing the first mm-hmm. one, the pet safe. Oh, okay. I, okay. I was not aware that he was uncomfortable wearing it. Um, nor am I unco- nor am I aware that he's uncomfortable wearing the dog collar. He seems to be fine. As a matter of fact, he's asleep at our feet right now as we are recording this podcast, and he happens to be wearing the collar right now. It just doesn't worry him. And another neat thing about it is it's, it's waterproof because we actually went down to the pond the other day. Yeah, he swims in the pond. And I'd forgotten and... he had it on, but we were feeding the fish, and he got in, and I went, oh, he's got his collar on. And you told me, no problem. Yeah, it's built to, for him to be able to get in the water with it. And of course, you know, it's designed for hunting dogs, and hunting dogs get in the water. So. True. So, yeah, it wouldn't be of much use if they couldn't get wet. Yeah. So let's talk about what really matters. The proof is in how is he behaving now. Um, first and most importantly, he always comes when I call him. We haven't generalized that to you quite yet, but that's the next but step. But I, I think he's better. Oh, I think he's better yeah. with you than he was, yes. Yeah. But I think, it's, I think it's important that we have him view your commands as the same um, mandatory instructions right. that he does mine. Um, and I guess... What I perceive just from working with him over the last week or so after we got the new collar is that when he, when I tell him to do something, he views it as a, a command now. It's not optional. Mm-hmm. It's not something he can, it's not a request he can consider doing or not. He knows he needs to do it. And if he doesn't, then something unpleasant is likely to happen. Mm-hmm. And really, you know, I've, I've, mentioned this to somebody else who had the same philosophy who you know had a dog for several years and finally ended up getting a training collar and saying man I wish we had done this a long time ago this would have helped us especially since he came to us as an adult dog and so many of his behaviors have been out of control because we didn't get to raise him from a pup we you know it was too late to take him to obedience training school but this is really working and he's catching on yeah so now your question is, how about those chickens? Uh, is he continuing to bother the chickens? The answer is basically no, or most of the time, no. Right. And in fact, we don't let him get to the point of bothering them, if you want to call it that. But he doesn't seem, you know, if it's kind of hard to explain to somebody who didn't see this happen that when we first got the chickens, you could walk him out on a lead and he just couldn't. Couldn't he think was, about anything else. No, he was obsessed. Even on the other side of the property, he was obsessed and had to hit, hit, make a beeline to them. Now, he walks past. He spends time outside without going yeah. near. We've been singing the song, Walk On By. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and he does walk on by. Yeah, That's he does good. walk <laughs> on by. However, I should say that he did get after them yesterday. And when you say get after, he went down. He He really never got a chance to bark at them or yes. he was he was not barking but he was running from side to side around the run well which we don't want the, that the either. way i figured out that we had a problem is i i heard the ladies i did not hear Adi. they told me there was a problem oh they, they they're and, good about that yes I'll let and you know. i immediately swung into action and um one nick and Adi got the message and backed off but uh that was because 
I was right there. You know, I was working right out there on the core campus and heard them in distress and responded immediately. Uh, so that's that much is good. And I need to stress that was an anomaly. Normally, Adi's been leaving the ladies alone. He, you know, he'll mm-hmm. he'll you know go wherever we are going, and he'll stick close to us. And he we let him out on the porch while we're in the apartment. And he sticks close by. He doesn't go bother them. Um, I, I don't have a good explanation about why he broke discipline yesterday. Uh, but I think he he realized that was really not a pleasant experience. Yeah. I don't want to do that anymore. And, you know, he um, probably will always be interested. The problem that we will have for a while, I think, is when we need to go tend to the chickens and hover right around the coop, and we're moving things around. I don't trust him yet to just stand there and good point. Not bother when them. When we have to go and be close to them, we'll probably put him in his crate for the time being. For the time being, that that is not our long-term goal at all. But we hope, yeah, that this is again when when you see the progress that we've made. Really, we've only had this new collar for how long? A little over a week. A week. A little, little over a week. So. When I see that amount of progress taking place in a week, then it does give me confidence about working our way up to other goals. I agree. I think the the the, the prognosis is good. Here's one of the, the challenges we're facing. The way I've trained him is that when he goes toward the chickens, I call him, hey, Adi, come to, come to me. And if he doesn't come immediately, he gets nicked. But that's based on his coming to me. So we're going to have to generalize something about when I'm working with the chickens, he needs to stay away from the chickens and stay away from me. And that's something we've got to have to teach yeah. him. And, and, of course, the other big issue is what happens when we're not here, when we go off and leave the farm and the girls are out in the run. That's a biggie. Right now, we do not trust him to be alone with the ladies. So uh, right now, when we leave, he's got to be in his crate. Um, and I actually have a plan on how we can try that. What I was thinking might make sense is for you to take him on a walk, a long walk. And, you know, at some point he may wander back ahead of you. And if he does, I would love to give him an opportunity while he's not aware that any, that I'm around. You're, you're up here watching. Yeah. Yeah. I'd actually be in the lodge where he doesn't think to look for me. And the range of that uh, remote, okay, is plenty, yeah. And just let him, you know, just go see see if he goes, you know, if he tries to disturb the ladies. And if he does, then he would get a nick and not know where it's coming from. He just generalizes, oh, doesn't matter if my masters are here or not. I, I need just to need to not do that. Alone. Yeah, I think that's a good plan, and it's something that we develop. And I think what we've learned about this whole uh, teaching process is consistency is the key. Yes, and um, and he seems to be getting the message well, and we're real pleased so far. Um, for whatever reason, and this doesn't have anything to do with the collar, I don't think, he has become much more comfortable using the crate. 
He's not protesting nearly the way that he did originally about going into the crate. And, you know, I think we kind of coddled him for at first, too, because we bought the crate because we knew there would be times we needed to use it. It's plenty big for him. There's, you know, um, it's not like he's cramped in there. But he, I guess, had an initial negative reaction to it, and we just went, oh, well. And used to put his food in his crate uh-huh. every time you fed him just to give him a positive association with the crate. Well, that didn't do any good at and all. And we just never used it. It sat out there and collected dust for two and a half years, three years. So um, now, you know, I think we're. it's become a useful um, tool for when we need it. We don't want to leave him any longer than he has to be, but... Um, yeah, and it doesn't hurt him to stay in his crate for several hours. He's no, fine. No, he's fine. And he's always glad to get out, always glad to see us and mm-hmm. run around and so forth. So, And we're glad for like that, too. It's like you say, we don't want to uh, overuse it, but yeah. it is handy to have. We have not tried to get ambitious about, you know, tricks or anything like that. And people who use e-collars and who are big advocates of e-collars often talk about the sky's the limit about what you can teach them. For our purposes... It was all about how can we keep Adi from going after the chickens, and that's been our focus at least during these last two or three weeks. And we may have mentioned this before, and uh, anyone who's been here to visit us knows his propensity, and we apologize to you. He likes to jump up on people, especially you know when someone new comes, or it does if someone comes and he's excited, he's bad about jumping up on people. And so we've tried to extinguish that behavior. We've been rather unsuccessful. And, of course, part of the problem is that it's an infrequent behavior. You can't just... Yeah. It, we don't have new people coming to the farm all the time, so yeah. he doesn't get an opportunity to learn a new way of doing it. But uh, that is clearly one of the goals we have after we are after the chickens are safe. <laughs> um, but sort of a, a, to summarize, I guess, my perception is Adi is a companion again. He's not simply a pest that we have to control. Right. He's And his life and our life is more pleasant now. Um, he's able to get out. And um, as you said, he's been more responsive to us, I think. And uh, so that's a good thing, including a life-saving thing for him because he's not very streetwise. And so... Uh, not only giving us our companion back, but giving us a tool for being able to walk along a road or something with him and have him not get out in the street. I mean, there are all kinds of possibilities here. I agree. So overall, it's a good report, and we commend it to you if you are at that point with a dog and need to exert a little extra measure of control. Um, and if your experience is like ours, it's going to make your life and your dog's life more pleasant. So we recommend it to you. You have a good week. We'll look forward to visiting with you next week. Take care. You've been listening to Longleaf Breeze with Lee and Amanda Borden. You can call the farm at 334-625-8682. Send email to letters at longleafbreeze.com. Our address is P.O. Box 780-446, Tallahassee, Alabama, 36078. Visit us at longleafbreeze.com to learn more about the farm, to browse our archive, and to look over our planting database. You can also read the daily farm log and check in with Lee and Amanda. That's longleafbreeze.com.